Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd. Welcome to Criminalia, a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. In reply to the question, who's going to believe a con artist? Fictional criminal defense attorney Ben Matlock of the 80s TV drama series Matlock responded, everyone, if she's good. Back in the mid-20th century, a 60-something-year-old widow named Susanna Mildred Hill began placing newspaper ads posing as a much younger woman looking for love. Once she had fraudulently won the affection of her pen pals, and she fooled hundreds of men, she'd begin the next level of her con, asking for a gift of money. She successfully enticed men to send her monetary gifts for years. Though we know she wasn't the first to pull off such a scam. I mean, I think we all remember Belle Gunnis from season one. It was after Susanna's con that it would go on to be known as the Lonely Hearts Scam, and it continues to be big criminal business today. In this episode, we're actually going to do something a little bit different than our normal shows. So instead of just one crime or criminal, we're going to talk about Lonely Hearts Scams and Romance Scammers, and how to keep yourself safe from falling for it. Welcome to Criminalia. I'm Maria Tremarchi. And I'm Holly Fry. Before the internet and online dating apps of today, people used to leverage newspapers for finding potential friends, romantic partners, or just hookups. American newspapers called this their personal section. In the UK, it was commonly called a lonely hearts column. In the US, you would usually find these among the classified ads. Personal ads, in some fashion, have been around for centuries. In England and the United States, they were satirical when they first became a thing. They were printed purely as an entertainment. That first satirical personal ad, which was a matrimonial ad, is traced back to London in 1660. The first genuine personal ad was published on July 19th of 1695. That was in England in a weekly pamphlet published by editor and book reviewer John Houghton. By 1710, all 53 major newspapers in London published matrimonial ads. The first personal ad known to be written by a woman was published much later, in 1761, in Eris's Birmingham Gazette in England. We don't have any way of knowing how many of these ads were legit and how many were cons, but surely there were a few among them that were less than truthful. Not all personal ads were scams, just like not all online dating profiles are fake. Today, Lonely Hearts scams or romance scams usually use current technologies, and 
The relationships are initiated online rather than in the form of offline pen pals or through newspaper ads. The typical modern Lonely Hearts scam is essentially Susanna Mildred Hill's scam. A con artist creates fake personas to lure victims with a lot of great conversation and a lot of fake emotion. And when the victim becomes comfortable and confident in the blossoming relationship, the con artist takes the con to the next level. They ask for money. The whole process is designed so the perpetrator of the con can build an emotional bond with their victims to extort economic resources. And that's it. That's how the romance scam works. These scams have the potential to affect anyone and everyone. But according to the Federal Bureau of Investigation, in many cases, romance con artists target people in certain age groups, as well as those who may be emotionally vulnerable, like people who are widowed or divorced. The victims are most often simply looking for companionship, and that is what these scams prey on. People looking to connect with someone. Although victims can be any age or gender, experts report that scammers choose targets who have these characteristics. 1. You are a single woman between the ages of 45 and 65 with a financial picture that would make the scam worth doing. 2. You're looking for a long-term relationship. 3. You're looking for a relationship with a type of person who could easily be faked in a dating profile, like a member of the military. Four, you are willing to go offline. You're willing to use text, email, or phone calls to chat with them further instead of staying within the walls of the service that you met on. Five, and you are, as part of your personality, a trusting soul, whose scammers may target as being vulnerable to tales of hardship or heartbreak. Romance scammers have several tricks up their collective sleeves, but other than a few slight variations, for instance, some scammers talk on the phone with their victims while others prefer email, aspects of this scam remain surprisingly similar from case to case. Confidence artists running these scams do extensive research to find their next target, and they look anywhere you might have a public profile, like on Twitter or TikTok or on dating sites. They scour anywhere where people share information about their daily lives, and that includes sites you might not think of, like Words with Friends, or a hyperlocal social networking site for your neighborhood where you might have your guard down. Once you're chosen as a target, the scam begins. Among the scammers' tactics is to come on strong and fast. They pretend that they're seeking a long-term relationship, maybe even marriage. Some romance scammers send flowers and small gifts and may request small favors, all to test the waters. As things progress, many will try to get important data from their victims, too, including personal information like birth dates or passwords and financial information, such as credit card numbers. The con artist will invest weeks or months or even years building a bond with their victim through daily communication. It's during this time when the perpetrator works to establish a warm and trusting relationship with their target, and those daily communications become increasingly more affectionate. Passionate declarations of love are exchanged after just a week or two of meeting. On average, this phase, which experts refer to as the grooming phase, typically lasts about six to eight months. Once an emotional relationship is established, the con artist goes in for the kill, bilking you. Yes, but, so before we get into the bilking part, we're going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. 
When we return, we'll talk about how much money is lost to these scams and specifically how the con artist gets it from their victim. Hey, everybody, it's Holly. Listen, I've been doing stuff on stage since I was a kid, which means that I have been doing my makeup since I was a kid. And I can turn out a look when I need to, but on my day-to-day, I really like to keep it a little more relaxed and low-key. I don't have time for a full face most of the time. But that also means that Thrive Cosmetics can have me covered no matter what I'm doing, whether I'm doing something on stage, like I have an appearance or a live show, or I'm just running to the grocery store. Something in their line is perfect. And what I really love and what's important to me is that they are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. And to me, cruelty-free is very important in the cosmetics I use. I mentioned that I've been doing my makeup for a long time. I've gotten older (laughs) in that time. And one of the things that I've done to refresh my look is switch over to their Brilliant Eye Brighteners and use something like a rose gold shade to really like go all around my eye and then just blend it out and get a daytime smoky look. It makes me look a little more youthful and more refreshed. And it's just easy as pie, and it means that I don't have to mess with a whole ton of products. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash criminalia. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash criminalia for 10% off your first order. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? (laughs) Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about the meat of the scam. The money. All romance scammers seem to have dramatically bad luck. They often claim to have emergency financial troubles, such as a hospital bill, an accident, or an expensive car repair. And what would help all that bad luck is if you, their victim, could send them money to pay for all these financial problems that coincidentally seem to have happened in rapid succession soon after meeting you. Sometimes the ask, though, is for the cost of an airline ticket, so the relationship can move to in-person experiences. But After the money transfer, the affair still, for whatever reason, never happens in person. They're a no-show. When romance scammers ask for money, it's not a request for cash or even like, hey, can I borrow 10 bucks? Gift cards, prepaid cards, wire transfers, or cryptocurrency, such as Bitcoin, are the top requests as forms of payment. Gift cards, like the ones you get from iTunes, Amazon, and Google Play, are all quick ways of sending money while being both untraceable and nearly impossible to reverse. According to the Federal Trade Commission, gift cards are the most requested by romance scammers. But cryptocurrency fraud is rising, and the largest losses come from payments made this way. Says Patrick Wyman, a supervisory special agent in the FBI's Washington field office, con artists, whether they specialize in romance scams or scams of other types, are excellent at building rapport 
and doing so quickly. Because it's becoming a popular grift, let's look at how a crypto request can play out in a romance scam, according to the FBI. The scammer gains the confidence and trust of the victim through establishing an online relationship and then claims to have knowledge of cryptocurrency investment or trading opportunities that will result in substantial profits. The scammer directs the victim to a fraudulent website or application for an investment opportunity. After the victim has invested an initial amount on the platform and sees an alleged profit, the scammer allows the victim to withdraw a small amount of money, further gaining the victim's trust. Said Interpol in a news alert about crypto requests in these scams, quote, As is often the case with such fraud schemes, everything is made to look legitimate. Screenshots are provided, domain names are eerily similar to real websites, and customer service agents pretend to help victims choose the right products. One day, however, all contact stops, and victims are locked out of the account. They are left confused, hurt, and worried that they'll never see their money again. As we talked about earlier, today's romance scammers do most of their scamming on social media. But once they hook you, they won't stay there. According to Amy Novziger, director of the AARP Fraud Watch Network, quote, they quickly want to remove you from the platform. And that's because switching to text, phone, email, or a messaging app often means there's less security monitoring. Plus, the exchange of personal contact information can feel intimate, and it contributes to building the trust that they need for this scam to work. According to a Tinder fact sheet, the perpetrator's request to leave the platform could be, quote, an indicator that they are attempting to remove traces of the interaction and get more of your personal information like your phone number, which can be lucrative for a scammer. These fake personas are engineered to hook you. According to the Federal Trade Commission, romance fraudsters have a pretty typical way of creating these identities, usually someone living or traveling outside of the United States, and they use photos they've stolen online to help their characters come to life. The anonymity of the internet, though, means that you can't always be 100% sure of a person's real name, age, marital status, nationality, gender, you name it. The FTC reports that common backstories include things like pretending to be an American whose job takes them outside the U.S., such as work in the military, work on an oil rig or in the construction industry, or even work as a doctor or medical professional with international organizations. These fictitious personas are created with the sole purpose of luring victims into sending money, and pretending to have a job overseas ultimately makes it easier for con artists to avoid ever meeting their victims in person. Romance scams are creative, convincing, and they're widespread. According to the National Crime Agency, a national law enforcement agency in the United Kingdom, a con artist named Osaji Egbignahan originally from Nigeria, used a range of aliases, dating apps, and social media networks to attempt to run a romance scam on 670 people. During his con, we know that he spent 10 months grooming one victim before asking her for money. Money that he needed, he said, to help rebuild his overseas business. And she gave it to him. She sent him transfers of almost 10,000 pounds. In fact, in total, she sent him nine transfers into accounts that were held under fake identities, and all of that money eventually funneled into a personal banking account 
held by Egbonahan. Records of the crime show that he spent his ill-gotten monies across London, Manchester, and Glasgow. Another victim was terminally ill while Egbonahan ran his scam on her, and he continued to pursue her for money after her death, according to the NCA. In the end, in January of 2022, Egbonahan was sentenced to 28 months in jail. Also recently, this time in South Africa, authorities arrested eight men who reportedly used sentimentalism, as well as tales of woe, to lure money from at least 100 women. Over the course of their con, the victims lost close to $7 million altogether. Mark Brooks, editor of Online Personals Watch, reports that on some dating sites, as many as one out of ten profiles is fake. But it's important to note that not all romance scammers follow today's online model. For instance, there are reports of people acquiring and then psychologically manipulating pen pals. Death Row inmate David Paul Hammer, for instance, was incarcerated for murder in the early 21st century, and bragged about his side crimes to a reporter from The Advocate magazine. He had, he stated, since his incarceration, received at least $176,000 from between 1,500 to 2,000 people he had conned into sending him money. It was inside the prison system where he became a master con artist. This wasn't his criminal career on the outside. Hammer stated, quote, The trick is making them fall in love with you through letters and on the phone. And I mean, people who are lonely are so willing and vulnerable because they're reaching out and they're wanting something. Annette Viator, chief legal counsel for the Louisiana Department of Corrections, says that, quote, inmates who are truly looking to scam a large number of people leave no stone unturned for a source. She cites the example of a 67-year-old Orange County widow who was first fleeced out of $3,000 and then sold her home to help her inmate pen pal who claimed he needed to pay legal fees. We are going to take a break for a word from our sponsor. When we return, we'll talk about why this is known as a double whammy scam. Welcome back to Criminalia. Let's talk about how the experts say we can all stay safe. Reported in the New York Times in 2015, in the United States alone, victims reported losing $33 million to romance scams. And four years later, that number rose to $201 million in stolen funds, which is more than Americans lost to fake lotteries and sweepstakes, imposter frauds, or tech support phishing, all combined that same year. And romance cons are growing. In February of 2022, the Federal Bureau of Investigation released the numbers of victims of romance fraud in 2021 alone, and that total was incredible. In just that one year, victims were conned out of $1 billion, billion with a B. Monica Vaca, associate director in the Bureau of Consumer Protection at the Federal Trade Commission, calls it, quote, the number one fraud category if you look at the total dollars people reported losing. The median loss for romance fraud victims in their 20s was $770. For people in their 50s, losses were twice as much. And for victims in their 60s, it reached roughly $3,000. 
Those aged 70 and up reported the highest losses, reaching more than $9,000 per case. According to AARP's Novziger, quote, We've heard of people refinancing their homes and cashing out retirement accounts. Scammers go where the money is, and criminals know that older adults have the majority of assets in the United States. Experts agree, though, that all of these numbers are considered low. According to Emma Fletcher, an FTC analyst, quote, the bottom line is most consumers are not reporting fraud when it happens, and romance scams may be particularly unlikely to be reported because there can be a lot of embarrassment around it. And in addition to any embarrassment for falling for the scam in the first place, these victims are also heartbroken on top of that. For many, there is an emotional relationship with their scammer. That's an intentional part of this scam, after all. And the emotional harm of the scam can be as painful, or for some even more painful, than the financial loss. Victims report feelings of shock, anger, and shame, as well as a general loss of trust in people and feelings of mourning or grief over the loss of what they thought was a loving relationship. It's been called a double whammy scam because the trauma of having lost both money and a love interest. Says James Lewis of the UK's Crown Prosecution Service, which conducts criminal prosecutions in England and Wales, quote, Romance fraud is a particularly callous offense involving exploitation of an individual's emotional needs and caring qualities to extract money from them. These are highly targeted social engineering attacks. Romance scammers won't bother spending the time to woo an uncertain victim. Unlike Susanna Mildred Hill, who personally wrote each pen pal correspondence, some of today's romance scams are large-scale setups. Cons running the same fraud on 20 or 30 people at any time in an effort to secure new victims and to keep those already hooked engaged in the scam. Whether it's a single con artist or a group of confidence artists working together, romance scammers frequently pursue multiple victims simultaneously, and often they do so through different aliases. In some instances, experts say, victims may even become unknowingly involved in criminal activity by laundering and moving fraudulent funds for their fictional love interest. According to a report published by the Better Business Bureau, quote, victims have unknowingly been pulled into money laundering or drug trafficking and, in a few cases, even convinced to fly overseas to meet their love interest only to be kidnapped and held for ransom. So the bottom line, when it comes to the Lonely Heart scam, just like any other con, these scams are designed to end with you, the victim, losing money. There are a few things to keep in mind for your own safety. Anyone who appears to be pursuing romance online but won't meet with you in person after months of declaring their love for you, well, that should set off some alarm bells. Romance scammers have reasonable-sounding reasons for why they can't meet you, and they do that on purpose. And their stories will sound pretty reasonable for why they need financial help, too. If you suspect an online relationship could be a con, experts say to stop all contact immediately. And if you have already wired money, immediately report any fund transfers to your financial institution for help. Ultimately, this is a con that can be really hard to spot. According to Cupid.com CEO Bill Dobby, quote, In the war against online dating scams and security threats, we've chosen to do whatever is necessary to always be a few steps ahead of scammers, 
and not the other way around, which is usually too late for our users. The FBI and FTC have this good advice for avoiding romance scams while on dating apps or on any social platform. One, be careful what you post online and what you post publicly. Con artists use details shared on social media and dating sites to better understand and target you. They also take advantage of your personal information that's been lost in data breaches. Two, always research the person's profile and profile photo using online searches to see if that image, name, or any shared details have been used elsewhere. Three, go slowly in this budding relationship, and don't be shy about asking questions. Four, be wary if your new acquaintance seems too perfect or seems to move too quickly. Five, recognize it's a red flag if the individual attempts to isolate you from friends and family. Usually that happens by asking you to talk offline. It's also a red flag if they request inappropriate photos or financial information that could later be used to blackmail or to extort you. Six, be suspicious if the individual promises to meet up in person but always comes up with an excuse why they can't. According to experts, if you haven't met your online paramour in person after a few months for whatever reason, this is a warning sign. And seven, never send money to anyone you have only communicated with online or by phone, no matter what kind of emergency they claim to be having. Remember, you've never actually met them. If you are targeted, experts encourage victims of romance scams to file a complaint with the Federal Bureau of Investigation's Internet Crime Complaint Center, either online or at your local FBI office. You can also report these crimes to the Federal Trade Commission through their website. Remember, they're not your honey if they're asking for money. What if they're asking for scam sauce? Well, if they're asking for scam sauce, I got you. (laughs) Okay, so in thinking about this one today, I wanted to make something... That was super delicious, obviously. And we're, it's Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's, Happy Valentine's Day. Be safe out there. Don't fall for a romance scam. But I came up with something that I think is a very, very yummy drink. Okay. And it has a little mint in it. That's a reference to mint being associated with money. With money. That's brilliant. <laughs> so this one is super easy. It's not a ton of ingredients, but we'll talk you through it. It starts with six-ish nice, healthy mint leaves. You're going to throw that in your shaking tin with an ounce of lemon juice and just muddle those together. Again, you're not destroying the mint leaves. You're just crushing them to get that yummy flavor and aroma out. Then you're going to add an ounce of Chambord or another raspberry liqueur, two ounces of rum, and one ounce of pineapple juice. You may want this slightly sweeter if you love a sweet drink. You can also add a splash of simple syrup here. I don't personally think you need it, but you might like it. You're going to shake that. You're going to strain it. And I would probably double strain just so you don't get any mint leaves in there. And then you'll top it with club soda. So you'll strain it into a glass with ice and then just pour a little club soda on top to help dilute it a little bit more and get everything mixed together. And then you're just going to garnish it with a beautiful sprig of mint. I also like to rub the mint around the rim of the glass so you really get like a beautiful aroma as you're sipping it. And that is called Be My Valentine. (laughs) (laughs) It sounds like a delicious drink. 
Uh, if you would like to do the mocktail version, it's really, really easy. All you're going to do is instead of rum, you're going to add rooibos, which I might be saying poorly, but, you know, red tea, like a good red tea. The rest of it, other than the, the raspberry liqueur, which you're just going to use a raspberry syrup, and the rest of it stays the same. If you do make a mocktail and use that raspberry syrup, I suspect you're not going to want to add any simple syrup at all. But that's one of those things like you can change up to taste. So give it a taste when you're done. If it's not sweet enough, throw a little simple syrup in there. You're good to go. That is, again, the Be My Valentine mocktail style. And we hope that whatever you celebrate for Valentine's Day, I know for me, it's a day that I think about just telling all the people in my life that I love them, whether that be my friends, my family members. It's not necessarily mired in all of the baggage of romance. Right. It doesn't have to be the 14th. Although, of course, I also love my beloved. But, you know, on Valentine's Day, you can celebrate anybody. You can just celebrate that you love yourself. And that's amazing. Yes. We <laughs> hope that you have had a good time with us today and that you are having a good Valentine's Day if you celebrate and however you choose to celebrate. We will be right back here again next week with another scam and some more scam sauce, and we hope we will have you with us. Criminalia is a production of Shondaland Audio in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from Shondaland Audio, please visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Summon your anticipation for an all-new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. This season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix, May 16th. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. New episodes drop starting May 2nd.